Alright guys, welcome back to this Wednesday episode. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor. So, for today's Wednesday episode, we're going to go back to about three episodes ago and listen to the second half of that health webinar. Um, I know there's a lot of great value in it. We were getting a lot of great things from uh, from Cody, Nick, Matt, and Eric. So I'm going to play the second half. Hopefully you guys get some great takeaways from it. Um, on Monday, I had released an interview with Cody Durakovic, who's one of the panelists, going even more in-depth with everything. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure to go back, listen to that, get all the great details. Hopefully you can start to apply it into your life. But before I play that, let me give you guys my Instagram tags. So if you guys need anything, you can message me. If you want to tag me in any of your stories with the podcast or anything like that, um, you can find me at the Jacob OC and at venture.mentality. So without further ado, let's get right back into the health webinar. So then the next question is, when you're trying to create a calorie deficit and lose weight, do you only look at the calories burned during the workout or should you look at the calories throughout the whole day combined? Because I know you, you do burn some calories just from your regular activity in the day. Uh, anybody want to go first? Yeah. You, you have to look at the total caloric expenditure for the entire day, for sure. Definitely take into consideration how many calories, like how intense your workout is. But no, you, you 100% have to account for the entire day. Anyone else? Yes. Yeah, so everybody has a certain number of calories that on average they're burning per day. That's called your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Okay. So whenever you look at that number, um, depending on your goal, that number should, you know, typically be increased uh, a little bit if you're cutting so that when you do work out, you then burn yourself into a deficit of calories. And if you're trying to gain or maintain, it would be a little bit higher so that after you work out, you're either at uh, a breaking even point with your calorie intake per day, or you're in a surplus, which is going to allow you to gain the, uh, the muscle, the size, the uh, excess energy that you're looking for to improve in some way, shape, or form. Um, but yes, you do have to take uh, your daily uh, energy expenditure into consideration, uh, but you also need to make sure that you're not eating too little to where it puts yourself into such a deficit that your body starts to use muscle as energy. Muscle is the leanest, cleanest source of energy in your body, and it will your body will in fact burn that first before it burns body fat. That's why a lot of people have body fat. It's because they're not nourished correctly, which is causing their body to burn up the muscle uh, inside of it. So essentially increasing the rate of degeneration in the human body, and then it continues to store body fat. Uh, and you know this happens, um, you know where you know year after year you're gaining a couple pounds, then after over a five, 10, 15 year period, you've gained 30 pounds of fat, and your body has actually degenerated muscle tissue. Good to know. Um, we have another another question coming in. Says, how much rest should you give your body before working out the same group of muscles again? I I think a lot of that is dependent on the person. Um, I mean, I I do not take rest days. I let life get in the way. I know eventually, like travel is going to force me to take a day off. I listen to my body more than anything, and. Um, I like to move every single day. Some days I don't go as hard as I go on days when I'm feeling really good, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm also not doing it as much for aesthetic or performance at this point. I'm doing it more just for that feel good feeling. So I know I feel best and I show up as the, as the best version of myself. If 
I'm able to get into the gym each day or get some kind of outdoor aerobic activity in. Um, and, and a lot of it too is dependent on just how hard you went. You know, if you're maxing out, if you're if you're competing in a CrossFit competition, if I'm competing in an Ironman race, I mean, I'm going to have to take days off after those type of things. But you know, generally, I've learned how hard I can go each day, how much I can do each day, so that I can then back it up again the next day. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with Eric on that too. It's more just for me. Um, working out just to feel good, have energy. You know, I find the correlation obviously into work and business and things like that. So, uh, and I also wear whoop. Um, so also I'll just look at that just to kind of gauge, it gives you a recovery score, which is pretty cool. And I just kind of go based off feel if I need to give my body a rest or things like that. But I can CrossFit like multiple times, you know, either in the same day or back to back days, hitting the same muscle groups or body parts, just because it's such an encompassing workout or even, you know, baking and running and stuff. But for me personally, just even just around weight and counting calories and things like that. Um, my personal routine is more just kind of, I would say based on feel and um, I would say being mindful around what I'm eating and things like that. All right. I'm more of, I'm there, I'm in a muscle building phase. So I do more hypertrophy style, like bodybuilding training. And I would at least three days rest in between muscle groups. I know Cody's going to have some stuff to add to this for sure but I have to go at least three days or I'm never, I never feel like I'm at my full strength or I'm fully recovered. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to, you know, research, they, they, you know, a lot of the studies have said, you know, 48 hours. Um, but like Eric and Matt have said, uh, it is relative to the style, um, you know, of training that you're doing uh, and based off feel, right. Lactic acid builds up uh, as soon as that lactic acid is depleted from the area that, has been exercised or trained, uh, it's essentially safe to work out that muscle group again. Um, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I'm sore, that means I shouldn't work out that body part again. Well, a lot of times, if it's been, you know, the 48 hour rule, or, um, you know, you, you have recovered, um, you know, exponentially since, you know, the day after, or, you know, a couple hours after that workout, um, your, your muscles will restore themselves if you're eating enough protein per day uh, to, rejuvenate the amount of protein that you have essentially broke down or used as energy during the, uh, you know, performance or, or training session that, that you've, uh, you know, underwent. For people that are tracking their protein, you know, if they just ask this question, like how long do they need to recover? And you say that it kind of depends on the amount of protein that you took in or that you've lost. How do they, um, how should they calculate how much protein they should be taking in each day? Uh, relative to the individual, but, uh, generally speaking, if it's a female and they're trying to improve lean muscle tissue and degenerate body fat, it would be uh, 1 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of lean body mass, which means you take your body fat percentage, subtract it from your total body weight, you figure out your lean body mass. Uh, and for men, it's roughly uh, 1 to 1.5 grams, depending on the goal. Like for me, for Nick, uh, somebody who's significantly trying to increase the amount of muscle that they have, 1.5 every time uh, if it's somebody who's just trying to maintain male or female it's usually one gram but again it's not per pound of body weight it's per uh, times per pound of lean body mass which is going to be considered your body weight without any of the body fat it's good to know okay the next question what is the basic difference between being in an anabolic state and mps i don't know the answer to that so i'm going to pass 
<laughs> uh, I don't, I've never heard the abbreviation MPS. Um, it, whoever asked that question, if they're on, could they emphasize on that? Or maybe Eric or Nick now? I think he said like metabolic, wait, MBS or MPS? MPS. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. We're going to pass on that one. Next question. What type of diet do each of you guys follow? Have you adjusted your macros or calories based on the style of workout, i.e. high volume body weight? What's your go-to meal? So mine's changed a lot. Go ahead, Cody. Um, just to that last question, because uh, Evan said muscle protein synthesis, I thought it could have meant that. Um, the question is kind of confusing because uh, muscle protein synthesis and being in an anabolic state are, are not <coughs> the same thing or fall in the same bracket. Uh, and, and there's no real difference between them or comparison because uh, it's hard it's hard to, to, to say. Anyways, muscle protein synthesis is essentially the ability that your body has to synthesize or absorb the amount of protein or proteins that you're consuming in a day. Um, and being in an anabolic state is in any state of growth, meaning that you're eating enough protein, your muscle protein synthesis is high enough or good enough to where your body is using the protein to become more anabolic, which essentially means growth. Uh, so that's all I have on that one. Sorry, we can go ahead and uh, continue into the next one. Yeah, I think he was comparing apples to oranges a little bit there. Little um, bit. Matt, you can go ahead now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my diet's changed quite a bit just from being an athlete to retiring. And I would say the last year or so with, with really getting into CrossFit and, and some more endurance running. Um, I would say for, like, for me, it's not so much like a strict diet that I follow. It's more just uh, limiting processed foods and really limiting, um, you know, breads and pastas and things like that. Um, I don't drink alcohol very, very little um, for me. And uh, I would say probably like 90% of my diet, I follow those guidelines of just minimizing, try to eat whole um, plant-based food. You know, I've, the last few years, I've, I've minimized the amount of meat that I eat. Um, and honestly, I'd say more so just like I'm always open to experiment with different things. I've gone on plant-based diets completely. I've, you know, done paleo diets, different things like that, the whole 30. Um, so I, I think a lot for what I've found too is always just like realizing what feels best for me. For me personally, I feel like a full plant-based diet, I, I seem to not always feel, I would say, my my best. Um, so for me, it's, it's really just uh, whole foods, you know, minimizing process as much as possible, minimizing alcohol. Um, and I'd say follow that, you know, 90%. I love after like a, a long weekend work or a long run, you know, enjoying pizza or, you know, something like that and splurging a little bit. I echo Matt. I, uh, I, I drink maybe a glass of wine a year. I try to avoid sugar. I don't eat any processed foods for the most part. Um, and a lot of it is just is the context. So um, I don't meal prep, but I go to the exact same restaurants here in Denver at the exact same times every single day and get pretty much the, the same giant salad with eggs on it um, and healthy fats. So um, a lot of it is just eliminating the decision making you have around eating. So that's why meal prep works really well. Um, I enjoy going out to restaurants. That's when I take a lot of my meetings. So um, I don't eat at home often, but I've been able to essentially meal prep by crafting these custom salads at different restaurants that I enjoy going to. Um, so lots of veggies, healthy fats, nuts and seeds, eggs, 
I don't eat much red meat anymore. Um, I'll have salmon, I'll have chicken for protein as well. But yeah, my go-tos are just uh, really, really big salads with some kind of protein mixed into it. My rule of thumb for this during quarantine too is I've been doing a lot more grocery shopping is uh, whatever you don't bring home, you don't eat. And so it's just obviously if you you go grocery shopping, you're hungry, you see something that catches your eye, you take it home, you're probably going to eat it. So you can, mm-hmm. right there, you can minimize uh, some decision-making just by what you get at the grocery store. For me, uh, my diet's a little bit different than your guys. I do meal prep a lot just because it's easy and convenient for me. I am in college. It's also cheaper, um, believe it or not. Lots of whole foods, the simpler the better. So like chicken, ground turkey, eggs, egg whites, quinoa, oatmeal, lots of vegetables, things like that, Greek yogurt. And then I do supplement with whey protein, mostly just after my workouts or if I can't hit my protein count um, that day. And um, yeah, if I'm like bulking, I'll just up my carbs and I'll be a little bit more flexible with my diet. I will have some more cheat meals and, you know, enjoy my life. I am in college also, so there is some drinking involved on the occasion. Um, But yeah, when I'm cutting, I get a little bit more strict and keep my protein the same, cut my carbs a little bit, and that's pretty much how I do it. Um, When it comes down to my nutrition, um, my theory is, you know, track everything that you put into your body within, you know, reason. So I spent a lot of years, you know, tracking every calorie that went into my body, and then I moved into, uh, you know, uh, eating intuitively, which means that now I know roughly how much you know, protein, carbs, and fats I need per day to one, feel uh, optimal, right? Brain function to, to be on point and to feel, um, you know, good energy physically uh, and to be able to perform whenever it's time to perform. Now for me, and I, I don't know for everybody else in here, but my job's pretty stagnant. Like I'm on the phone and computer pretty much all day, every day. Um, so I just have to make sure that when I am eating, I'm eating uh, the right types of foods that meet the goals that I have. I love what Eric said about eating uh, you know, a good amount of protein and healthy fats. And in fact, that's what I try to do most often because the body is made out of uh, fats um, and it's made out of protein. So your body's made out of lipids, right? Nothing in the human body is made out of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates essentially do create inflammation. Uh, doesn't mean they're necessarily bad because inflammation inside a muscle can be good, especially for working out and, and using that energy that you've consumed for those workouts. Uh, but when it comes down to me and feeling um, most efficient, a uh, high protein, high fat diet, moderate to low carbs, so a lot of greens. And, um, you know, these days, since I've, I've been in this industry now for, you know, eight, eight and a half years uh, and really focusing on my nutrition um, is at the point where um, I'm blessed enough to be able to order from a meal prep company. Uh, I do not have the time to meal prep anymore. Uh, and, you know, I always say, if you uh, stay ready, you don't have to get ready, prepare, you know, the success lies in the preparation that you, you give yourself or whatever project you're working on, right? So, uh, you know, prepare your meals if you have to. Um, uh, if not, maybe you can you know, do something that's like a meal prep service like I do, and uh, everything shows up to my door twice a week. Uh, pop it in the microwave and I'm good to go. Uh, also supplementation is key for me. Good stuff there. Now we have a question that says, what's best practice for a healthy eating schedule? How many meals per day would you recommend? Um, I know you guys are going to say this is a little bit subjective. So let's say we got two, two people. The first person is 
um, trying to put on weight and the second person is trying to lose weight. I still think um, it may be a little bit, I guess, broader than that. I don't know that I've ever been, maybe when I was playing hockey at times, maybe trying to put some weight on. Um, I, I think just for me, my personal routine now is I typically don't eat until 12. Um, you know, intermittent fasting. Sometimes I have a bulletproof coffee, which technically that would break an intermittent fast. It's kind of following that bulletproof diet with Dave Asprey. But um, so for me, I, I try to minimize just a, to a lunch and then a dinner and maybe a snack in between. Um, and I have found, um, you know, sharing that with friends and even in my personal life too, just I would say getting leaner um, with adding intermittent fasting has definitely been one strategy that I found that one gives me a ton of energy focus and clarity. Um, but also just, I found that it helps me really lean out any excess body fat or, or weight that I don't want to have. Um, essentially what that means too, is just not eating. Once you have dinner, usually eating dinner, no later than eight, not eating, you know, for however long you want to do it, 16, 20 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours, um, not eating till about noontime. And then what's essentially it's just teaching your body to use fat as, as energy. All right. Glad we got that answered. Um, now we have a question about CBD. I think this is probably be more directed for Cody and Matt. I know your companies both, um, use that, but how does CBD help with recovery and what are the other benefits of CBD, CBD on overall health? Matt, you're the pro, right? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we can tag team that one. Um, I guess I'll start off by talking about the endocannabinoid system with that. Um, so high level, and this is really interesting, is that we didn't really realize this until the 90s, that we have what in our bodies called the endocannabinoid system. And not to get too technical and geeky about it, but to, to make it simple is that essentially our ECS, our endocannabinoid system, its main job is to keep our body in balance or homeostasis. And so essentially what that means is we have, just think of you know our brain as subconscious setting all these neurotransmitters and signals and communications throughout our body and managing and balancing things and regulating things like digestion and stress and sleep, recovery, um, inflammation, different things like that. What's really interesting, just to give an analogy, think of CBD as little spark plugs for your ECS. It just helps it do its job more efficiently. And so um, also that's why CBD can be confusing is how the heck does it help with so many different things um, from sleep to, you know, giving you, you know, managing stress and inflammation, things like that. It's, it's more so it's, it's aiding your, your body's ability to regulate and be in balance and just function the way that it should be. So that, again, that's why you have some really cool benefits around recovery and um, digestion, inflammation, but at the same time, it can help promote better sleep. Um, I think that's just like the, the high level explanation of how it works. It's sort of, we, we just use a simple analogy to just think of it as almost like engine oil for your engine or, you know, your body being your engine. It just helps your body work the way that it should be. Um, 